Hi, everybody, and welcome to Martin Van Dyke Undercovers for December 2020, produced in partnership with the Ann Arbor District Library. This month's interview is with Graydon M. Mines about his new book, Pair Marquette, a Michigan railroad system before 1900. Well, the history of Michigan's railroads is fascinating, and there's nobody who knows the subject better than Graydon M. Mines. He's the author of 12 books on both Michigan and Indiana's legendary rail systems and companies. The Kalamazoo Residence's latest book was recently published by Michigan State University Press, and it is a look at the early history of the fabled and well-known Pear Marquette line. I began my interview with Graydon M. Mines by asking him when did his love for and interest in trains begin? Well, it began in the seventh grade, and the reason was that World War II was just coming to an end, and I had been interested in airplanes, and I had an airplane spotter's guide to help me identify enemy airplanes that flew over. But unfortunately, there were none of them, and the war ended, so I found something else to be interested in, and that was railroads. (laughs) About how many books have you written on railroads over the years? What was your first one? When did that come out? That came out in uh, 1982. A long time ago. A long time ago. Oh, yeah. I've been doing this for quite a while. Now, has your focus focus always been on railroads in Michigan? Railroads in Michigan, yes. uh, I've lived in Michigan all my life, and it's just seemed kind of a natural interest. Now, in terms of uh, railroading, was Michigan and in its heyday one of the the, the top places? I mean, with with uh, you know the uh, all the industry and cars and uh, how important world would you know Willow Run and Detroit was towards winning World War II. Were we, were we super important in Michigan as far as being a, a state for railroads? Oh yes, yes. But uh, the uh, the thing was that Michigan was off being in two peninsulas. It's not on direct routes to any place. And uh, consequently, uh, the railroads that got built initially were principally to reach uh, logging areas and to haul lumber from the, uh, from the woods uh, to sawmills. And it grew from that point on. It was not until the 20th century after the Industrial Revolution that we started to get into heavy manufacturing and uh, making the railroads more of an industrial enterprise than than a lumbering function. Let's jump into your new book, Pair Marquette, a Michigan Railroad System before 1900. For those who may not be familiar with a Pair Marquette, give us a little history about this important railroad system, Graydon. Well, the Pier Marquette Railroad sprawled all over the lower peninsula of Michigan. It was a merger in 1900 of three companies that had some commonality of interest, uh, but all were originally built as lumbering lines. But independently, they were having a very tough time of it. And so uh, since there was some 
a combination of ownership between the companies, they decided that they should combine all three into one large company, and and so they did it, and the company uh, was reasonably successful until it was uh, merged out of business in 1947. You write uh, right at the beginning of the book that, about the fact that you're focusing here in this new book uh, about the 19th century, not so much the 20th century aspect historically of the Paramarquette, but the 19th century. What, why did you focus on that that part of the history of the Paramarquette Railroad? There's been quite a bit written and published about the Paramarquette as a 20th century railroad as a, as a, in its combined form. But there were so many individual parts. There were something like 50, 60 different companies went into the makeup of the Pier Marquette uh, before the merger in 1900. That it was a field that just never really had been been studied very extensively. And I thought, well, oh, this sounds like a good thing to undertake. And so I dove into it. And the Pier Marquette in and of itself is an interesting railroad. And uh, I found the research to be just fascinating. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what were, what were some of the more fascinating aspects and say some of the more challenging aspects of going back in history to, to, to discover information on the Paramarquette that far back? Well, I think the most interesting thing was the people that I ran into, the, the men who formed the railroads. Uh, one of the... Uh, Important uh, owners of an original part was uh, Governor uh, Crapo in the uh, 1860s. Crapo was a lumberman, lived in Flint, and uh, became quite wealthy. And uh, he started, he built part of the railroad to serve his lumbering interests. His son became even more wealthy than he, and his his son was one of the founders of the Pier Marquette in 1900. Um, another early part was built from Flint uh, to Ludington, when Ludington was still called Pier Marquette instead of having the new name. And uh, the line was owned at one time by uh, Eber Brock Ward, who, when he passed away in 1875, was said to be the wealthiest man in Michigan. Hmm. So I kept running into people like this. Now, Graydon, there's some just fascinating timetables, photographs in this new book of yours. Where, where did you discover some of these items in your research? Some of them I had in my own collection. Hmm. Others were available through libraries, uh, images of the uh, of the uh, personalities was the hardest part to find because they they were just very much scattered and uh, it took it took work to find all these men and I couldn't find all of them so in terms of images. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I read in the recent interview in the Detroit News that you did with my friend Michael Hodges that you're not too sure that there's going to be another book on the horizon, but you are definitely working on an article for a magazine that I subscribe to, uh, the New York Central System uh, Historical Society. I get their quarterly publication. Uh, do, do you mind revealing what that article is going to be about? Can you tell us? It's about Michigan's first railroad. Which is? Uh, the- the Erie and Kalamazoo Railroad. It ran from Toledo up to Adrian and then eventually to uh, Tecumseh. Oh, and that was built in the 1830s. It was considered at the time to be one of the first railroads built west of the Allegheny Mountains. Oh, I look forward to reading that. Before we let you run, what are your thoughts about at last, finally, and it's still a couple years away from being completed, but... Uh, I never thought it would happen. The the renovation and the saving of the Michigan Central Depot on Michigan Avenue in Detroit. What are your thoughts about that? Did you, did you ever think that this would come to fruition? No, I did not. I thought it would uh, be eventually torn down. Um, when I, I I used to back in my younger life, I worked for the New York Central Railroad, and for about a year, I worked in that office building fascinating place and uh, I'm glad that it's been preserved because it's a it's a, a great industrial monument of the sort that people don't build anymore oh indeed indeed oh so true I still remember uh, pulling into the station back in gosh yeah summer of 1962 and our train back from uh, California we had to switch in Chicago it was a Union Pacific from L.A.'s incredible depot to uh, Chicago's station and then uh, switched to New York Central train from Chicago to Detroit. And, oh, my gosh, I was just over, overwhelmed by the, by the beauty of it. That's so great. So you worked there for about a year? About, about when yeah. was that? What time period was in, that? In the, in the early 1960s. Wow. wow. And I could remember at the time it, it still looked like it almost had been recently built. Uh, there were still spittoons in the floors. Ah, <laughs> what was your job title? What did, what did you do for New York Central? I was uh, uh, what, what it was called a supervising agent. I went out and worked with uh, station agents in small towns, helping them if they had problems, uh, reviewing their procedures, that kind of thing. Wow, wow, just incredible. Any other uh, station that, that either still exists or maybe doesn't anymore in Michigan that was just architecturally uh, one of your other favorite uh, train depots, train stations in Michigan? Well, I worked in a whole lot of them because I worked in small town stations uh, most of my career with the railroad as a station agent. And there there were some fascinating structures. Uh, the, uh, the depot at Lawton for example, west of Kalamazoo. It's, it's a fieldstone building, one of the very few that the Michigan Central built. Huh. The uh, the depot at Wolverine, although the tracks are gone, uh, still stands. And I remember talking with the, uh, the then-retired agent at Wolverine, uh, said that he went to work there in 1902 and just stayed. That was in the 60s. 
Thanks for listening to Martin Bandike Undercovers for December 2020. Our interview was with Graydon M. Mines about his new book, Pere Marquette, A Michigan Railroad System Before 1900. This has been a presentation of the Ann Arbor District Library. Down the Rock Island line, she's a mighty good road. Rock Island line, it's a road to ride. Rock Island line, it's a mighty good road. Well, if you ride, you got to run it like you find it. Get your ticket, that's a station for the Rock Island line.